I want you to stand with me. Let's go to uh, Ephesians chapter 6, 10 through 17. We've been preaching uh, through this uh, scripture the past few weeks. And I just wanted to start off with the, with the Word of God. Uh, Ephesians 6, uh, 10 through 17. It's on the screen if you need it. It says, I, I finally be strong in the Lord and the strength of his power. Put on the whole armor of God so that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. For our struggle is not against uh, uh, enemies of blood and flesh, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the cosmic powers of this present darkness, and against the spiritual uh, forces of evil in heavenly places. Therefore, take up the whole armor of God so that you may be able to withstand on that evil day and have done everything uh, to stand firm. I stand, therefore, and fasten the belt of truth around your waist, and I put on the breastplate of righteousness as shoes for your feet. Put on whatever will make you ready to proclaim the gospel of peace. With all of these, take the shield of faith, which will, you will be able to quench all the flaming A-R-O-W-S of the evil one. Take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. Isn't that a great scripture? Every Sunday I've enjoyed reading. You can be seated. Where uh, in this day and time, I think in probably in every age, um, our words are flying everywhere. Would you agree with that? Our words are flying everywhere. That's something that I said 20 years ago could one day uh, pop up and dramatically affect my life today. Will you, have we seen that before? We've seen it, we have seen it before. Are you alive today? Say amen. I want to make sure you're alive and you're welcome today, that you're, you're, you're with me today. You know, uh, we, can be, we can hide behind a screen now, a, a, a hide behind a computer screen or our phones and say anything without even having facts or even really being a challenge and not even having to defend it. Not even feeling bad about ourselves or anything. It's that we hide behind the screen. You know, social media has changed the way we communicate. You know, but one thing that doesn't change is God's Word. Understand this today. One thing that does not change is God's Word. You know, we find in Proverbs, it says that there is life and death and the power of the tongue. And in other words, there is words that we can speak that actually, actually can kill someone's spirit. There's words that we can speak that actually will lift someone up and be able uh, to carry someone on for many years to come. You know, this, there's power in the life and death of, uh, of the tongue. I remember uh, when I was in college, it was my last uh, chapel. I hadn't even spoke about this until my daddy's funeral that I even, I even talked about it. You know, I often I, I knew that my daddy was proud of me. And it was no, uh, you know, he, did he really want me to go to a college and he taught the word? At first, he really honestly didn't. And, you know, and it was a longing for me, for him to be able to, to tell me and look at me that he was proud of me and what I had uh, accomplished. But, so it was my last chapel that I was able to speak at Trevecca and uh, to, to, the, uh, to the, whole, uh, the whole school. And so my mom and dad were there, and I invited them to come. And I, and I asked my dad, I said, Dad, I want you to pray at the end. If you will, you'll come up on stage and pray at the end. It was a wonderful moment for me to have them there with me. You know, and, uh, and as the daddy went up, and, you know, my daddy never could uh, just not do what he was asked to do. He had to say something, you know. 
And, uh, and the words that he said that day was he looked at one of my professors, Dr. Tim Green, which is one of my mentors in my life. He says, thank you for making, helping make my son what he is today. I'm very proud of him. Those words brought life to me. Even though I didn't have to have them at that moment in my life, but we as uh, leaders of homes, whatever you find that case is, single moms or two uh, parent homes, our words mean something. Our words mean something. And be real careful on what you say, what they, you let your children hear. And, but that was a moment in my life that it brought, it brought even more life to me. You know, the words that we speak, I'll say it again, can actually kill someone's spirit or make them come alive. Our words mean something. I have seen it happen throughout my ministry. Someone will walk into my office and counseling, and, they, and it will, I would always try to find the roots on why they're doing what they're doing. Sometimes it leads back because someone said something to them when they were nine years old that affected their life forever. And we as Christians today, we need to take note on how we speak and what we say to people and how we relate to other two people. You know, I, I want us to understand our words can hurt. There's a big movement that the narrative is that we leave the church because there is church hurt. Now, I'm not naive. You know, people get hurt in churches. Some of you sitting here today have shared with me how maybe a church judged you and how a church didn't handle you very well. We often have these things in our life, but we just can't camp out there. When someone speaks something within us in a negative light, we just can't camp out there. It's that we got to have the Lord to move and allow the Lord to move, uh, to move in us. But we, we've been talking about the armor of God through all this. And I wonder how many of us have given any thought to it this week, the whole armor of God. Have we given any thought since last Sunday? Have we given any thought to it whatsoever in our lives? So let's take a look back again. We started out with the belt of truth, the, the truth of the gospel reflected in transformed lives. Something happens when Jesus comes in. He transforms us into what he's called us to be. It's not one of these things that we have salvation in a past moment, and then we say, thank you, Lord, I'm going to heaven one day. No, he transforms us, and yes, we will go to heaven. Don't get me wrong. I didn't say we're not going to heaven. So don't quote me that I said we're not going to heaven. Got it? Are you alive? We transform lives. We begin to walk with him in holiness. And we, and we believe in that. He said, take on the breastplate of righteousness. It's a visible uh, commitment to integrity and to social justice, living a righteous life. The, the uh, gospel of peace is readiness to do all that is necessary to, ma to maintain the peace that brings believers together in unity, that peace. Faith, that, that un denial of fidelity to God and loyalty to one another as protection against evil. Remember, we talked about how we come together in that shield of faith as together as a body. You remember the shield of faith when they would, when the Roman soldiers would clamp down, they would clamp their shields together. It was one big massive shield. That's what God calls us to be as the, the, the church of God, in the helmet of salvation, the assurance of present salvation based on consistently living our lives in the identity of Jesus Christ, knowing our identity is in him. That's what he calls us to be. Then we come to the sword of the Spirit. It's a beautiful scripture. Sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God. 
Some will say this is the, all, the only offensive weapon that uh, Paul began to talk about here in the armor. Uh, the, this weapon, it, it proclaims the word of God. It's how through the Holy, it's through the Holy Spirit. It's the words that we speak of God's word. It's the words that we speak that he gives us to be able to speak. Let me ask you a question today. Does the Lord speak to you? You don't have to answer that out loud. I don't, want in, in, I don't want to embarrass anyone. Does the Lord speak to you? Does he speak to you? Have you heard him speak this week, this past week? Has something happened within you that you've heard him speak to you in a way, through scripture or through a song or some, or some way? Have you been open to his leading? Have you been sitting at a restaurant and the Lord begins, the Holy Spirit begins to, to manifest himself in you, begins to speak to you and says, there's a couple over there that needs a good word from the Lord. Have you ever experienced that before? Okay, I guess no one has. It's, it's happened to me before. Is I'm sitting there and I'm eating a meal and the Lord and I, I notice a, a couple or, or someone sitting by themselves or something and the Lord begins to, to speak and says, you need to say an encouraging word. Why do we fight that so much when the Lord does that? I mean, it's like, you sure, Lord? We're asking the Lord, is it okay that I share an encouraging word? Is that okay? Ever, ever thought of it that way? When the Lord tells you to do something like that, you go, you sure, Lord? Isn't it kind of natural? It's an encouraging word. Why would that be bad? I see the whole point. But we're, we sit there and we go in through our mind and our heart and we sit there and battle with the Lord. Should I do this? Should I, should I do this? Has the Lord led you in something in that, in that way? Or has the Lord prompted you to call someone this week with some scripture and say, I just want to encourage your heart? Or have we been running around with our head cut off so much this week that we haven't even thought of anything at all, have not even given the Lord a chance to even speak to us and lead us to speak his word? Think about it for a moment. Where are you in that? You know, this Christian life, it can be a, it can be a, a struggle. But a spirit comes and, uh, to our aid and he he. He helps us within this uh, struggle against evil. Remember, the evil, the, the, what we're wrestling against is not flesh and blood of one another, but we're wrestling against these, these, these principalities of this world. He inspires us to speak the Word of God. He inspires us to speak the Word of God. In other words, as we're in the battle, the Word of God is manifested in us. Let me tell you why right now that you cannot live a victorious life. Because you don't know the word. Because you don't know the word. How, how can we live a victorious life if we're never in the word? How can we live a victorious life? How can we live in victory? And how can God use us if we don't know the word? If we don't know what it says. We don't know. And I tell my a small group on Wednesdays when we meet together. I said, why do we study God's word? To know him. To know him. I said that's number one. We study God's word to know him. And when we know him, his word comes manifested in our lives. And we, we're excited about that, that relationship. We're excited about spending time with him. We're excited about being in his word and knowing him. Has Jesus used you this week in someone's life? Let me talk to you a little bit about how God word, how God's word 
moves us and aids us in our, our, our struggle. One person is going to get a kick out of this one, if I'm about to say. Let's say, for instance, you're dealing with impatience. Philippians 4, 6 says, Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. In other words, if I'm dealing with impatience, what do I do? Is I go to God's Word. I go to God's Word and say, Lord, teach me about being patient. Teach me what it's saying. Teach me, Lord. And, and, we, and we pray over God's Word. We pray that into our spirit. And, Lord, because I want it manifested to come out of my life in some form in, in, within a patience when there was a time I would be impatient. But your Word is manifesting itself in me. That in those moments that I can be patient, and in turn and I'm being patient, I'm able to bless someone else. Let's say that you're dealing with sorrow. In Revelation, it says, He will wipe away every, every tear from, our, from, from their eyes, and death shall be no more. Neither shall there be a, a mourning, nor crying, nor pain anymore. For the former things uh, have passed away. Beautiful scripture. If you're dealing with sorrow, dealing with loss and a death in your life, you know, that scripture helps us. It moves us. It, 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 it encourages me. Say, Lord, help me in this. Whatever you're dealing with, that, that one day there is hope that there will be no more tears. There will be no more sorrow. That, Lord, that's the, the blessed hope. But while we're here today, Lord, I have that blessed hope that moves me. See, we struggle once again because we don't know the Word. And if we don't know the Word, that means tells me we really don't know Him. Understand that. If we don't know the Word or we don't invest in the Word, then we don't know Him. Way he wants us to know him today. Listen to me today. I'm, you know, this is just, it's just truth. It's just truth. It's truth. You said, I need peace. In John 16, it says, I've said these things to you, that in me you may have peace. In the world you'll, you'll have tribulation, but take heart. I will overcome the world. You might say, how am I supposed to overcome the world? How am I supposed to live the way he's called me to live? I just read it to you. Once again, we have those moments in our walk with the Lord that we wake up and say, how did I get here? Let me tell you, you got here. Because you lost that time with him. That you lost that time in the word. Do you allow other things to steal it away? You allow the world into your life. You see, the sword of the Spirit is, is proclaiming God's Word. It's knowing God's Word. Here's one that I like that I, I quote a lot to myself. I try to use the uh, a message, I believe, translation on this one. Proverbs 15.1. Use a lot of Scripture today. A gentle response diffuses anger, but a sharp tongue kindles a temper fire. Heidi, I didn't look at you. I looked over there, and she's smiling at me with this uh, smirky grin on her face. That's my wife. Some of you don't know. <laughs> a gen I'll just read it again since you got so much out of it. <laughs> a gentle response diffuses anger, but a sharp tongue kindles a temper fire. Instead of just lashing out, wouldn't it be great we had God's word? So that at this moment, I could really be ugly. At this moment, I could really, I could be even right. 
I could be even right. I could be. But at this moment, Lord, your word is telling me something beautiful. In another translation, I, th- I think it's a, a soft answer turns away wrath. A gentle answer, a gentle thought, a gentle moment. Does it always? <laughs> no, because the other person has a free will to do what they want to do with it. But the writer Proverbs says most of the time, it turns away wrath. It turns away someone's anger. I've been there before when I've done it out of both ways, you know, because I want to be right in the end. That's the, that's the problem with most of us is we rather be right than to just diffuse a situation into peace. There's this move within us. There's a move within uh, Christianity for years that it's, it's more important to be right on every issue, and we're going to force our way into people's lives, and we're going to be right at the end of the day than it is to build a relationship with somebody and love them into the kingdom. So we can use God's word in a harsh way. We can use God's word to be judgmental. We can, we can, we can uh, actually stack up God's word to stack up what we believe in so many different ways when God never intended it to, to uh, be that way. That we have used God's word throughout the centuries to do, uh, depress people. God's word brings life. We sometimes take it and orchestrate it to do it, to do with it what we want it to do. There's death and life and the power of the tongue, and we can use God's word that way, sadly. What I'm saying to you today is the sword of the Spirit, which is God's word. How often? In a moment, in a, in a situation, I'll say it this way, in a situation, do we actually have God's word flowing within us saying, somebody comes against us or whatever the case is, what's your first thought? How to get back at them? Or does a scripture pop up in your heart and mind? Does scripture pop up and go, Like when Heidi is upset with me, I start quoting her scripture. It helps every single time. <laughs> Boy, I tell you, it diffuses everything. My, my uh, daddy used to use that scripture over there. It's like a nagging uh, wife. It's like a dripping faucet. <laughs> That's a great one. But it never works, does it? She says, move on. <laughs> daddy used to always go to mama and go, drip, drip, drip. See what I'm saying? We can use God's word in, in moments that we... Probably shouldn't, you understand? But there's often that we need God's, we always need God's word to be able, able to, to know and to answer. Here's your one right here. If I'm using the, uh, a, a message, you know, what the world needs and what the, cre- no, not, not, not the world per se, they need it. But what Christians need to hear today is words like this in 1 Corinthians 6. Uh, 18 through 20, Paul was dealing with the Corinthian church. They had come out of a very pagan, sexual type uh, uh, atmosphere. And that culture was highly sexual, uh, sensitive to everything. And so he is addressing that within the church. 
And he says, now, this is the, uh, a message because he pretty, put, puts it pretty plainly. There's more to sex than mere skin on skin. Sex is as much a spiritual mystery, mystery as physical fact. This is 1 Corinthians 6, 16-20, written in Scripture. The two became one. Since we want to become spiritually one with the master, we must not pursue the kind of sex that avoids commitment and intimacy, leaving us more lonely than ever, the kind of sex that can never become one. There is a sense in which sexual sins are different from all others. In sexual sin, we violate the sacredness of our own bodies, these bodies that were made for God-given and God-modeled love, for becoming one with one another. Or didn't you realize that your body is a sacred place, the place of the Holy Spirit? Don't you see that you can't live however you please, squandering what God pays such a high price for? The physical part of you is not some piece of property belonging to the spiritual part of you. God owns the whole works, so let people see God in you and through your body. It's pretty one of uh, 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 Scripture. In other words, when we come and we have doubts about what we know, what the truth is, guess what? We have a place to go. It's that those moments that we don't know what to do. Guess what? We have a place to go. Is that we go in prayer, and the prayer is next week. We go in prayer and says, Lord, lead me in this situation. What do I need to do? Where do I need to walk? Matthew chapter 20. This is where I get that you cannot serve with a crown on your head, but only with a towel in your hand. He says, he's addressing uh, uh, James and John's mama came to Jesus and says, when you come into your kingdom, let... My son, sit on your right and on your left. That's the situation that we're talking about. And you heard me say it before. When was that ever said again? When Jesus was on the cross, there was one on his right and one on his left. That's the reason Jesus responded to her and says, you don't really know what you're asking. You really don't know what you're asking. And then, it, then when the ten others, and it says this, and when the ten others heard about this, they lost their tempers, thoroughly disgusted with the two brothers. I heard one commentator says, you know what they were mostly mad at? Because they didn't think about asking it first. They're going to get the upper hand on us. So Jesus got them together to settle things down. Isn't that interesting? He got them together to settle them down. He said, you've observed how the godless rulers throw their weight around. Now listen, how godless rulers throw their weight around, how quickly, they, they, how quickly a little power goes to their heads. Boy, is the internet a scripture that we need to read today? It's not going to be that way with you. In other words, Jesus says, that's not the way you've learned how I lead. That's not the way you've learned anything about me on what she is asking. She's saying that there's no way this power grab that you want is not a part of this kingdom that I'm trying to tell you what it is. Whoever wants to be great must become a servant. Whoever wants to be first among you must be your slave. That is what the Son of Man has done. He came to serve, not to be served, and then to give away his life in exchange for the many who are held hostage. In other words, that's where I get, you know, you cannot serve with a crown on your head, but only with a towel in your hand. That's where I get that from. And so in, our, in, in, in the scripture that I'm going to preach that sermon real soon about, remember, being comfortable and uncomfortable, this is where it's going to come from is that we have come to a place again in our lives where it was Scripture, where we, we're so personal with it that we forget about others around us. Is that we're so concerned about our needs that we forget the others around us have needs also. 
I remember one time a, a good a, a friend <clears throat> shared this with me. She said, I had someone to come to me, and that said that she wasn't, this was years ago, wasn't invited to something. And this person was complaining to her about, said, well, I wasn't invited to that. I wasn't invited to your church clique over here and blah, blah, blah. And she was just complaining, complaining, complaining. And my friend finally looked at her and says, I want you to know something. Do you realize my husband's been out of work? We're about to lose our house. We're about to have to pack up and move out of Millersville and go and live with my mom. And we're in our 40s. Do you realize that? And you're complaining because you weren't invited to something? How easily we as Christians get so, once again, we get so offended over something when God's Word tells us, what you're offended about is that I want to use you. I want to, I want to manifest my spirit within you and my Word within you to be able to do a great work in the lives of others around. And we're upset because we weren't invited somewhere. Does that sound like what I just said in Matthew does that sound anything like we should be what I just read in Matthew? That it, it's almost like we're walked up to Jesus and says, Hey, you come in your kingdom, you know me. I'm going to be right there, right down two or three. I'll take about the third spot. That would be about good enough for me. It's where we just, salvation becomes so personal, and it should be personal to us. In that it becomes so personal that we forget about the brothers and sisters in a lost and dying world. Why? Because we just don't know the Scripture. Because we just don't. And it's a sad state where we are. You know, you can do the uh, surveys, and I've done them before. I've looked it up where they've done research on it and how many people know the Scripture. They read it, but don't know it. it they'll say, you know, uh, Christians, you know, people read the Bible, like 75% of people then if that's true, then why is there so much chaos on our streets? You might read it, but you don't know it. It's, it's we, with the Holy Spirit within us, to speak into situations. We must speak into injustice. We must speak truth to our family. My children, when I, when I have to speak to them or even when I'm not trying to discipline them, that I need to speak to them in a way that they understand God's Word, that they know God's Word. I have failed in so many ways in that area. We need to speak to truth to our nation. We need to speak truth to our leaders. We need to speak truth into our schools. We need to speak truth into the sickness. If you've got wayward children, the Lord wants to, the Lord, listen to me, the Lord wants to meet you right here. Listen to me today. The Lord wants to meet you right here. He wants, you, he wants to love on you right here. He says, just come to me. He was heavy laden. I would give you rest. In other words, come to me. Begin to pray and seek him and open up this word and then let him minister to you. Do you understand what I'm saying today? It's something that's not that we have to work up. It's not something that in our marriages are falling apart. He says, come to me, husband and wife. Kneel down together. Open this word up. Kneel down together and open this word. Y'all look at me. Look at me. It's getting ready. Kneel down. Open up God's word. And he says, I will set you free. John 8. The truth will set you free. I'll set you free today.
it's good news. It's good news. The gospel is good news. And we need to speak good news. That good news sometimes can be, sounds like, almost like, like I, I talked about in Corinthians. In other words, in a lot of times it says, flee fornication. <laughs> Run from it. Often we understand, we don't, you know, say I'm struggling. I don't have victory in my life. Well, take a look how you live in your life. I must look how I'm living my life. When I'm struggling or dealing with something, I have to take a look and an inventory. My brother Randall preached a great sermon one time on taking inventory of where you are with the Lord. I remember that sermon. It was a good sermon. And, it, and I never forgot that. There's moments in how you take inventory. Begin to read God's Word. You begin to study it and know it. And let it manifest itself in you. In that moment that you could scream at someone and you could holler at someone, you say, no, your word says a soft answer turns away wrath. But a harsh word stirs up anger. No, I'm not. I'm going to swallow my pride. Are we understanding how the word manifests itself in us? In that moment when we could judge someone on the street, we could judge someone and says, I say no. I'm going to get down there with them and help them. I'm going to have compassion and compassion. We talked about this again Wednesday night in my small group. Compassion is only compassion is when we meet the need. Once again, I say this all the time. Compassion is not in Georgia, bless their heart and keep walking. That's not compassion. That's just you just feel sorry for somebody. True compassion is when you bless their hearts by actually help mending their heart. God's Word. God's Word. Do you know it? Have you even picked it up? The sword of the Spirit is God's Word. Have you even picked it up this past week from the last Sunday? Have you manifest yourself in His Word? And I'll be, I'll be, I'll, I'll be honest with you. There's times that I read it and I go, all right, Lord. My daddy used to say this. He says, sometimes I just want to get saved all over again and start all over again. Some of the most beautiful times when I'm hurt or struggling, get in the prayer closet, say, Lord, I need a word today. I need a word today. And you know what happens? The Lord never says, ha, I'm not giving you anything. You know that He always gives me a word? Always. Not once in my whole Christian walk did I say, Lord, I need a word, but he never gave me a word. You know why? Because I opened it up, and wherever it began to fall, I began to read, or he'd lead me to a scripture, and there it is. Or I might get a phone call from someone that's really listening to the Holy Spirit. It says, Tim. Or I'll get a text that's very bold that tells me I ought to be ashamed of myself from somebody and they're sitting here today 
Because I encourage you to be transparent. And when I'm struggling, I haven't been transparent. That was a word of truth that spoke into my spirit. I wrote them back and says, mind your own business. Don't you know who I am? No, I could have. I could have said, don't you know who I am? Then I would fall into the place of James and John, trying to be the greatest. When the Lord says, you and I have learned me that way. Through the scripture, you've learned me to be a servant. That's my hope and prayer today, that you'll hear God's word. You'll manifest yourself in God's word. And as you manifest yourself in God's word, he wants us to speak it and be a blessing. I want you to stand today.